This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Yeah, Look with the ball, tragic. yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Don't got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Set out on rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps. Looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax, still at the champ. Diva still coming with the Calibus flow. The man's the best on the floor. I'm all right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Step Back a Mavs Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my Sports Illustrated Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, we have a special guest for you guys tonight. He's a repeat guest. He's editor over at Mavs Moneyball, Mr. Kirk Henderson. Kirk, how you doing tonight? I'm good, and if uh, any of you folks happen to subscribe to other podcasts, you've probably heard quite enough of me this week, but that's too bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Kirk Your Enthusiasm yet over at Mavs Moneyball, definitely give that a listen. He's had some really, really nice guests on over there, and Kirk, you're doing a good job with that so far, so y'all definitely check that out. We'll just jump right into it, y'all. We're going to, obviously, the biggest news for the Mavs, so far this week is Kristaps Porzingis uh, finally getting somewhat of you know NBA action with Luca. You know it's preseason, but hey, it's it's a lot more than what we've had in the last eight months. Uh, and he looked really good, guys. I mean he <laughs> he started off three of three. Uh, he cooled off for the rest of the game, but uh, you know his shot looks good. He looks comfortable out there. Uh, he got seven rebounds in like 19 minutes, so that's an encouraging sign. Uh, just want to get both of you guys' initial thoughts on that. Kirk, you can go first, and we'll go over to Matt. So I was playing catch-up because whoever decided to do a central 6 p.m. start time is a bad person and should feel bad. <laughs> but I, I you know, I was fast-forwarding through a lot, and then like, like watching social media is really frustrating because I was <laughs> – you know, it's like I, I I couldn't really react in real time, and that sort of stuff drives me crazy. But it was it was really funny. I I have really avoided Porzingis highlights for a lot of reasons because I didn't want to be tainted by the fact that I knew he was going to not necessarily play different, but look different. I didn't want to have yeah. the that preconceived notion in my mind. And the thing which I'm going to marvel at probably for sixty games is how quick and high his shot is. What yeah. there was one there was one miss. It was a miss where he and Luca did a pick and roll. Luca probably drove in and then literally threw a pass over his hand over his head, like just flipped it behind him like he was playing a, an open gym. <laughs> and Porzingis missed the shot, but it just it arrived, you know, right where Porzingis needed to, you know, just like all he needed to do was was press his hands. And so I was just like I was amazed. The other thing that that really 
the the move that sticks out was a pick and pop to start the second half where he you know caught the pass from from Luca the crossover. and the crossover was like giggle like that was one of those moves that that it looked like Durant in all honesty it was incredible yeah yeah I, I, it was I was super excited you know just getting this like you said it's it's a little bit different when you get to watch it in real time so you really don't know how to react. There's just a lot of emotions. You're really excited about it, but yeah, when that when that when that play happened, I was like, man, <laughs> this guy he really is, you know, back to where he needs to be if he's going to be doing stuff like that. Matt, what's your what's your thoughts from KP's debut? Well, I like the shooting. Obviously, he's still a little rusty, and um, you know, he shot seven of eighteen, which isn't great, but you know, you. <laughs> My, my biggest takeaway from him was the rebounding. And I, I love the seven rebounds in 19 minutes. Because, you know, one of the big knocks on him coming in was he didn't, you know, he wasn't a good rebounder and he only got five or six a game or whatever. But it looks like he's kind of worked on it. He's worked on his timing. He's worked on getting in the right position. And if he can, you know, I'm assuming he's going to play more than 19 minutes throughout the rest of the season. So if he can put, yeah. you know, 32 to 35 minutes worth of that kind of effort on the glass, you know, he'll be a double digit rebounder, which is something this team really, really, really needs. And that's really, yeah. And I, 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 I saw a couple of people uh, on Mavs Twitter talking about, well, oh, Luca, he had the same amount of rebounds, rebounds as uh, Porzingis did. But you have to, I mean, Luca played like 10 more minutes than KP. So KP really made the most, uh, you know, given the time that he was out there, and he'll probably play a little bit more uh, in tomorrow's game against uh, the Bucks. We'll see. But Ooh, sorry, um, sorry about that. Turned on my TV and had that sweet, sweet league pass music. <laughs> hey, that's the best. Th- that's that's what I look forward to the most this time of year because I'm gonna. That's literally all I'm gonna be watching until March, as soon as the regular season gets underway. But I, I wrote so, a post last night to an awesome infomercial. That was fun. Like after the game, <laughs> you know, with the uh, the guy selling the the uh, the, the crockpot. So yeah, you know, I'm really I'm 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 so pumped. <laughs> I, I still need to pick my league pass team this year. I'm not sure who I'm gonna go with. I recommend the Ooh. Dallas Mavericks. Well, um, I that'd obviously be... <laughs> I'll be good there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I guess I guess the New Orleans Pelicans. That that's who that's who would be my league pass team. Sure. Well, I had the Nets <laughs> last year, so I'm gonna have to. I, I might go Portland. They're fun, but I don't know. We'll see. Back on topic. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So we we talked about KP. Now just you know move on to to Luca for a little bit. He. He seemed to, you know, pick up right where he left off. He only played 28 minutes. He had 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, had some really uh, one thing that stuck out to me, and I'm sure both of you guys will will agree with with me here. It looks like he's really refined that floater. Um, he he's really he has a lot more control with it. It looks more natural. Uh, he started out the season uh, showing showing off a little bit of that last year and then it just uh it seemed like they weren't falling as much as the season went on but he's in much better shape now it shows uh, i'm really excited about those floaters uh I, honestly as cool as they are i could you know probably go for a little bit less of the step back threes especially when the step back is unnecessary uh but i mean what what, what are y'all's thoughts on luca 
in his first outing in the preseason. Kirk? So the the floaters, I'm pretty sure he made more floaters than he did actual shots at the rim because he missed a number of just like bunnies. <laughs> so the fact that that floater was going down from like, you know, the, the, the 10 to 6 foot area was really cool looking because if that is able to go down, you know, once a game, it's the sort of thing that just freezes defenses. They don't, they're not going to know what to do about it. So that was, that was pretty sweet. I think the thing that I'm just walking away from, my wife actually made the comment uh, looking at his Instagram photos today. Oh, Luca has muscles and (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) be, and like defined muscles. Like he looked good. Uh, Tim McMahon said on a podcast earlier this week that, Luca reported to 2018 camp weighing 247 pounds, and his official NBA weight this year is 219. That is ridiculous. If that's, that's crazy, and yeah. if he looks as <laughs> like he looks great, like physically he looks. This is all I really could have hoped for in year two. I don't think we talk enough, you know, as as you know, whatever kind of analysts we are about how hard it is to get in like the super peak cardiovascular shape that these guys need to be in. I think that's going to take a really long time, like years. I mean, James Harden's a pretty good example, somebody we should look for, for somebody to model, because you know, if Luke is going to have, you know, a, a 20, I don't know, 7% usage rate, he's, he needs to be in as peak shape as he can. But reporting like this and looking like that was really something because he looked like his strength was always there and it was on display again last night like that bruce brown clown was was you know all up in his grill and you know really pushing it's like oh i'm like trying to make a name for himself and it's like dude look has got 21 8 and 5 and you didn't really bother him and had he even you know a couple more baskets and or a couple more free throws gone down he would have had a 30 point night like this wasn't it was. It, it, I couldn't be more excited to watch Luca play because he was like passes were on a dime last night too. That was what was really kind of crazy to me. Last year he right. had some some location issues as the year wore on, where he would throw passes a little bit high. He caught Delon Wright in the first half with a couple of corner three looks, and the ball just arrives in his hands the right way. And like that sort of stuff. If those are, if that's where he really needs to like. This is absolute nitpicking, but if he cleans up his game like that, then he's going to be an all-star, and I would bet, you know, a dark horse, like, MVP guy. Like, I'm, I'm really that confident in him with how, with how he looks. I mean, I, I think we've, we've all talked when we chat, you know, about how he might, his, his numbers might, like, like, could drop, but after watching that, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I know it's one game, it's an overreaction, but, like, I, I, I think we're talking, like, 25, 8, and 7, Yep. Blake is going to be really excited about that because he yells at me about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, I, I I agree with that, and I mean, look, it's if the weight difference is as much as you know what you said, uh, McMahon was I'm sure talking by about. The camp, he was at like two thirty five or so, because a lot of that's right. like, like in and out weight. But you know, it's like getting out that extra that that baby fat <laughs> is is really it matter. I think it might matter. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, muscle obviously weighs more than fat, so it's not like he just you know shed thirty pounds and right. he lost any strength or anything. He's still super strong. He showed that off last night, like you talked about. But, uh, but yeah, Matt and I we talked about it last week on last week's episode. Uh, you know about how Luca, all he has to do, you know, he shot seventy one percent from the free throw line last year. If he can just get up to league average, which I looked at, the league average last year was seventy seven percent. 
if he could just get up to that, he, he, he really needs to be, you know, better than that from the free throw line, given his abilities. But if he can just get up to league average, and if he plays, he played 31 minutes a game last year. So if he plays, you know, 35, 36 minutes a game this year, I mean, he'll easily be at that 25 points per game average, in my opinion. So uh, I really like what I saw from him. Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, kind of building off what Kirk said, that his it seems like you know a lot of times last year his his timing was off with with his passes with some players and it felt like he didn't really have you know the the connection that you want to see with um, with players like you know when Wes Matthews was around and all all you know all the guys that traded off and then when the new guys came in it's just like he never really had the the continuity all the time with those players and they were still trying to figure each other out and based off last night it looks like he's already really comfortable with the new guys. And I think that's huge. Um, yeah. Kirk, you know, Kirk mentioned DeLon, Wright. I thought he looked really good, uh, alongside Steph Kirk or Seth Curry. Um, he already looked very comfortable with, with KP, which is, um, you know, which was a great sign to me. Um, and obviously I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit upset about the free throws. Cause that was, you know, that was a big thing last year with, I can't even yeah. remember what he shot. Was it 71% you said? Yeah. Yeah. It was so, 71 that has to get better. Um, but if, if you're nitpicking a guy's free throws based on everything else, you know, since, especially since he's 20 years old, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Cause it, it 25 a game doesn't seem like a reach anymore. It did before I watched last night and, um, you know, the, the, the assist numbers I think are going to go up with more shooters around him, and I, you know, the rebounding is probably going to stay around the same. Hopefully, I would actually prefer his rebounding go down a little bit because that would mean that yeah. people like KP are, are are pulling their weight where they should. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked great and in shape, and the timing was great, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm and really really excited. Yeah, and I I have to go back and and watch the tape and pay you know closer attention to it to say this for sure but at first glance watching that game you know not only does losing the weight you know increase his uh his ability to stay on the court longer and uh especially throughout the 82 game NBA season but it seemed to me like he's able to stay in front of his defender a little bit I mean his uh he as a defender he's able to stay in front of it of the other guys, you know, more so than he was last year. I'm not going to say yeah, he still has a lot of room to improve on the defensive end, but just at first glance, it looks like he improved a little bit on, on that end of the court too, which, you know, any <laughs> anything the Mavs can get on that end, we'll get into their uh, opponent three-point shooting percentage a little bit later, but any any help they can get on that end, they need to get it. So, uh, so look. We're going to end on this before we take take a quick break here. But, guys, what is one Mavs thing so far in preseason that you like and don't like? Kirk, we'll start with you. Uh, what I don't like is has been the, the schedule. Uh, who schedules a back-to-back in preseason, guys? What uh, A road yeah. back-to-back. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I know the reasons why they did it. I've asked around. They have to get this certain number of games. They don't want training camp to be longer, yada, yada, yada. Don't care. Bad idea. Really awful. The national television game, which fans paid to go see, and then the two best players sat. That was awful. Just can't really get yeah. around it. But I suppose it's time to move on from that because it's over with. 
The thing that I have liked in the preseason has been Josh Reeves. Uh, he played 24 minutes the first game, and then last night he got in for the final six minutes of the fourth, and the dude just mixes it up. I I, I don't know yeah. when he's going to be on the actual Mavs roster, but it's going to be – if he's going to make an argument. Just He just strikes me as the kind of guy that Carlisle won't be able to take his eyes off of in terms of how hard he plays. Uh, and, and, you know, with some of the other guys that we've got on the roster who, you know, they've had their time. And he, he, this is these are the, you know, kind of hits that the Mavericks need to, to make on a guy like him if they're to be successful, you know, two, three years from now. So I really like Reeves. That's, that's my, you know, that's my love so far the preseason away from the obvious things. Well, I think I, I think I speak for all of hashtag Reeves Hive when I say welcome, Kirk. Uh, we, you know, ever since summer league, just watching him play in summer league. And then a few weeks later, uh, Matt and I, we had, uh, newly hired Texas legends coach, uh, George Gallinopoulos on the pod. And we asked him about Reeves and he just raved about the guy. Super, super fun guy. Good personality. Uh, he said he's already an NBA level defender, uh, needs to work on his shot a little bit, but you know he just does all the little things that that stick out and make a difference. Like you said, he just mixes it up. So uh, hey, everybody, hey, hey, I was there. I was there this summer. He was the only player who was nice to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well if, everybody uh, else, everybody else, kind of you know, like the summer league, like uh, you know, serious face crap, and but but Reeves is like friendly. So anyway, yeah, really, really good dude, but. Uh, yeah, everybody's been raving about him, and I'm excited to see. I, I think he has. I think he will make a case uh, to get that 15th roster spot, and you know, instead of just being a, a two way. But I don't know. Maybe two ways better for him. Matt, what's your what's your like and dislike so far? Uh, my like so far through the first two games uh, has been well. Really, it's it's more based off the Detroit game, and that's the starting lineup. Um, more specifically, the Justin Jackson starting at the three. Uh, I think that's a really smart move. His shooting has been very good. He was six of eight in the first game. He only shot twice in the Detroit game, but you know he's he's hit seven of ten shots so far in the in the preseason, and that's a good sign. Um, and the rest of the starting lineup is 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 going to be huge, and I, I like seeing that. I I it drove me crazy when. You'd see JJ Barea running around with Jalen Brunson at the same time, and you got you know <laughs> the two the two little the Rick Carlisle two small guard lineup, and I hated it. And you know the average height outside of you know KP being seven foot three is is going to be about six seven or six eight, I think, if if this is the 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 team that they go with when especially when Dwight Powell comes back, because I think he's a little bit taller right. than Kleber, but. And I'm, um, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you real quick, and you can finish that thought. But you, you mentioned JJ Barea, and it just made me think of this. But it, is it not really hard to see where they're going to carve out minutes for him if they're just if if Rick is determined to do that? It's hard for me to see where he's going to do that, especially with Brunson, you know, playing the way he's playing. But anyway, yes, no, I agree with that, and that's also a thing to like because I I don't know where JJ Barea is going to be able to fit into this team. You know, no disrespect to JJ, obviously, but if he's playing big minutes, they're in trouble. Um, and then the thing that I don't like, uh, you know, I'd probably have to go with the fact that um, that Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing more minutes than Seth Curry. 
Um, I yeah. hate that. I despise that. Uh, Seth Curry's not playing enough. He's the best shooter on the team easily. And he, he played how many minutes against Detroit? Uh, 19 minutes. And Tim Hardaway Jr. played 24 minutes. And Seth Curry shot four shots, and Tim Hardaway Jr. shot 10 shots. <laughs> and Tim Hardaway Jr. had seven threes, and Seth Curry had two threes. You know, get yeah, out of here that, with that. I hate that. I hate that so much. It like it made yeah. me grind my teeth, and I, I wanted to just grab Rick and shake him. But well, that that'll lead into mine too, because the one thing I like is Seth Curry's efficiency, and we talked a little bit. Well, I I, I wrote about it uh, not too long ago, and then we talked about it on the pod. But uh, when he was with Portland last year. Even when he played big minutes towards the end of the season, he got up to like 28 minutes a game, he was still shooting between 45 and 47% from three. And, uh, I mean, that's the one thing I've, I've loved so far is his efficiency. I think they need to try and get him as many corner threes as possible because he's 50% from the corner for his career, which is ridiculous. Uh, they need to try and get him as many open threes as possible. I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to get, throw in another one, but DeLon Wright's perimeter defense, been very pleased with that. Uh, you can see why uh, he's in the – people think he's going to be in the running for most improved player this year. And then the one dislike I have, and I really don't know how the Mavs will go about fixing it, but so far it seems like rebounding is going to be a big issue, which – I mean that that's not really surprising, and you know they've they've played uh, Stephen Adams and uh, Andre Drummond who led the league in rebounds in back to back games. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it won't be as much of an issue as I'm thinking, but it it sure does seem like it two games in. So Kirk, you have any more thoughts on that? No, no. This is about where we are. I don't want to. I have a lot of of you know under marinated hot takes that I should probably <laughs> actually get some more time. You know, I, everybody's allowed to have a bad game, you know, maybe in his 39th minute, Justin Jackson will get another rebound. Who knows? <laughs> Don't take pot shots. That's my dude. That's my dude. Okay. Well, look guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, we still got we've still got our guy Kirk Henderson with us. Uh, Kirk, we're gonna start out with this next topic. It's something we've discussed, uh, you know, between you, me, and Matt. Uh, it seems like every team, and this is definitely an exaggeration, but it seems like every team shoots about a thousand percent from beyond the three point line when they play the Mavs. <laughs> and I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on why that is because you know the way I understand it is there's no really good explanation for three point defense and even if the Mavs are contesting shots you know sometimes it it just absolutely doesn't matter I'm curious to get your thoughts on that and am I the only one that feels this way No it's I mean it's the truth through two games they've shot 44% from 3 against the maps and and largely i think that's because we have this instance of you know 
the Mavs defenders being, you know, the the other teams are looking at them saying, "Who the hell are these people?" That's that's basically my only my only take at this point. <laughs> I there's not really a good explanation because the challenges have all been pretty good. A lot of the shots that the other teams are taking are not. It's not like they're hitting a ton of corner threes. They're also hitting contested threes, and I don't. I could be speaking out of school here, so if I'm wrong, somebody should tell me online. I feel like Seth Partnow, who works at the Athletic has written or talked about how there's they don't really like the analytics guys don't really know what causes good defense from from three-point range because the Mavericks last year Bobby Corral wrote about this for for Mavs the first month so I guess October of 2018 the Mavericks got destroyed from three and then the next like 72 games or whatever they were among the best in the league from defending <laughs> yeah. the line and like they were the best in the league while also winning 33 games. So, like, there's something that's not tracking there. So I think over time it'll probably even out. Like, if we're looking at this, it, at the end of the year when you kind of look at, like, the big, like, stretch of data, what we're talking about is the difference between a team, like, defending and allowing 34% from three versus, like, 36%. And then, like, on a per-game basis, sometimes that's, like, less than a, less than a make a game. So it's not... It's not the be-all, end-all, as long as they're not getting, like, so really roasted so bad. I'm going to be really interested to see what they do. Matt made a point earlier about how big the team is. Like, that has to matter. Like, that has to account for something. Yeah. So so we'll see. Yeah, and, I mean, if you think about it, you go back to last year when the Mavs started out, I, what was it, 2-7, and 2-8, and eight, something like that, 3-8. and eight. It was anyway, something like that. Yeah, but uh, – you know, it was ridiculous how many threes they were giving up, and uh, they they weren't wide open threes either, like you're talking about. They're contested, so you kind of wonder, like, if that hadn't happened to start last season, and they got off to a better start, would we even be where we're at now with with Luca and KP playing together? Uh, how the team would have done last year if they got off to a better start? All that stuff, but. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't. I mean, there's really no explanation for it. It's kind of like Russian roulette, I guess. <laughs> Except uh-huh. they have a lot more bullets in the gun. <laughs> so I I don't know, Matt. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I'm dumbfounded on it. Well, I, I don't think there's really anything to it. I think it's <clears throat> I think it's going to even out. Uh, the Mavs obviously were you know they they contested a lot of shots very well in the last two preseason games and I I think they're going to continue to contest shots well they're going to be big they're going to be long uh DeLon Wright's going to bother people Justin Jackson's going to bother people um I hope Dorian Finney-Smith isn't bothering people for too long but that's a whole nother pod uh so I I think it'll even out um I hope it doesn't start off like it did last year because that was just brutal but it's yeah. it's not the kind of the, the, the it, kind of numbers that they're giving up right now aren't sustainable throughout the entire season, especially given you know the way that they defended the three last year, and they're they're better and more athletic, and all of those things, and it, it'll right. definitely even out. Guys, we're gonna move into this last topic here. Uh, I did a pod, I did a solo pod a while back, so most people know by now. Uh, I've got. I've got the Mavs as going 45 and 37 this season if they stay completely healthy. Um, I've got them making it as the seventh seed in the West, and I think they'll 
either play the Rockets or the Nuggets in the first round. And I'm curious to get both of uh, you guys' takes on this and uh, see where you think the Mavs will end up this year in the Western Conference standings and who they'll end up playing, and then we'll move into Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals predictions. But, Kirk, where do you have the Mavs finishing this year? Uh, I got them finishing at about 500 at 41 and 41. I think they will miss the playoffs just barely. Uh, I'm also of the you know broad-based opinion that there are at least five games every year that are absolute ungodly toss-ups, and I really think that that, that prediction could kind of swing either way by you know three to four games, uh, depending on how things go. I'm really you know positive with them right now i think that the schedule presents them with a lot of opportunity yeah uh, i'm sure by like january or even december like in your head there's going to be all these you know you're going to have some interesting trade ideas i think if they're anywhere within playoff contention you know uh heading into that awful february schedule uh the mavericks might make a move to try to improve the roster's you know talent overall so that's that's kind of where i am right now i do see i do see a pretty good path I just think that that the mix and the jumble and then paired with the fact that just the back half of the schedule could be really awful uh, uh, might end up, you know, resulting in kind of a late fade. But that's, you know, that's it's a little bit of a hedge. I I really feel good about the team. If they make the playoffs, I'm going to be ecstatic. Uh, That's what the goal should be. I I do think that, that, you know, anywhere from like that, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten range is probably going to be separated by like five total wins when when it's all said and done. Just looking at the schedule, and I, as both of you know, I every time the Mavs play in New Orleans, I make it a point to go down there. And the first one is the second game of the season on October twenty fifth. The second one is, I believe, their first game in December. Uh, it's on December third. I'll have to check that. But I think by December third we'll probably have a better idea, you know, of if they're really going to be in the playoff hunt or not. Because like you said, they, they really don't have that tough of an opening stretch, uh, especially, you know, compared to how the last two seasons have opened. So uh, they really need to take advantage there. They need to pile up some wins early, give them a little bit of breathing room uh, heading into the new year, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But as far as being in playoff contention and you know looking at the trade market, I don't think they have the assets now uh, with what they gave up in the Porzingis trade to get to you know realistically get in on it. But I mean I'm going to be looking hard at Bradley Beal. <laughs> I, I I really I really hope that there's you know some way they could get into that. But that that's something we can talk about at a later date. But that that's who I have my eyes on uh early that's my early trade watch but matt what, what's your prediction for the mavs this year uh well besides the fact that i don't think they're gonna have any realistic shot of trading for somebody like bradley beal um <laughs> i don't crush I, my dreams uh i mean my my i'm not too far away from kirk at my i have the record a little bit better um i have them at 43 and 39 but i do think they slide into the the eight spot um if not just because the West is just going to beat the shit out of each other for the entire thing. Um, and, and I, you know, I do think they'll make a trade in February because I think they're going to be able to sniff the playoffs. And um, we all know who I want. I won't mention his name. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the Gorondrogic pod. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they'll make a, a a move to try and get some serious talent. But you know, 43 and 39, I think is that's a 10 game improvement. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. Um, yeah. I, I, they're they're better in a lot of areas that are very key to to winning basketball games where they were you know they where they frankly lost a lot of their games last year you know perimeter defense yeah. and shooting and and things like well, that well and and i mean what? you have to take into consideration the the team chemistry aspect too cuz you know starting last year you had the drama with uh DeAndre stealing rebounds from Luka and uh you had Wes Matthews you know pretty much blowing that game against the Lakers and yeah you don't uh, have Wes Matthews around to blow games anymore either that's huge (laughs) so I mean there were a lot of things that kind of affected uh, team chemistry early on last year and you 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 don't have those kind of issues this year so and I think it'll get better as the season progresses so that that, that's a big thing for me if they stay healthy uh, I think they'll they'll be able to sneak in to the playoffs but just branching off of that and guys this is our our last thing here who do you have winning the western conference finals and the eastern conference finals and ultimately the nba championship Ooh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a little bit of uh, a team that seems to be on the fringe of the the discussion i really think the denver nuggets have what it takes to go to go all the way the addition of Michael Porter uh, of, of Michael Porter Jr. If he can do anything, uh, anything at all, even if it's just stand there in the corner and hit threes, <laughs> they're so deep. Uh, I, I'm really I'm, I'm kind of up in the air about how I feel about Jamal Murray, which you know that combined with with this take, it, it shouldn't really mix that well. I like Murray, I just man. love. I, I just I love their team. I love the way they play. I think that they, you know, they were extraordinarily healthy last year. So, so, you know, those sorts of things were always kind of toss ups, but I, I just, I like them. And I don't think, you know, like the Clippers and we're not talking about this yet, but like Paul George, they don't know when he's going to play Kawhi Leonard, you know, he, he wants to sit out every fourth game. Like you can't do that forever, you know? And, and yeah. I understand the playoffs are different. But I just, I just have a feeling about the Denver team. You know, they, it might seem silly in a few months because, you know, one bad step by one guy on their team and they might not even make the playoffs with how rough the West is. But I just, I really like them. And I, I think Jokic is going to put together basically an MVP caliber season again. For the East, I, I, I am horrified of the Bucks. I, I don't. Giannis, <laughs> did you, have you seen any of his preseason? He is pissed yeah. off. <laughs> And, yeah, and the, you know, unlike James Harden, he gets out there and does instead of runs his mouth. So, like, he's going to be on a mission again. And I do think they're a little thinner. Uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe is just a uh, – he, he's been the, 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 the playoff sandbag for the team the last couple of years. And I, I think they're going to they're, they're gonna miss uh, Malcolm Brogdon a great deal, but they have both Lopez's. And if their coach just happens to play Giannis 42 minutes a game instead of pulling him out at random intervals like he was doing last year to, to rest him for whatever God's green earth was going through his head, that they might have made it to the finals last year. I, I just I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be that one team that probably gets closer past the 60 win mark in the NBA this year. So you have you have the Nuggets and the Bucks, and you I'm I'm assuming you're picking the Nuggets over the Bucks. 
Ooh, I might have to go. I just don't know who guards Giannis. <laughs> I just I just don't know who guards Giannis. Like the the Denver is not a great defensive team. They're really fun on offense. I think I'd have to go the Bucks. Yeah, I, it's it's hard for me after seeing how and I I love the Nuggets. I love how they've you know built their roster. I love how they play. Uh, but after seeing them, you know, play the Spurs last year and then uh, losing that Portland series, it's hard for me to really uh, buy into them at the moment. But I've got out of the West. I think it'll be the Clippers and the Rockets. Uh, as much as as much as I want the Rockets experiment with uh, Westbrook and Harden to not work. I, I know better than that. I, I know it's going to work, and they're going to win a lot of games. And I think that road ends at the Western Conference Finals, though. I think the Clippers will go to the finals, and then in the East, I've got the Bucks and the Sixers, and I think the Bucks will make it. So, and I've got the Clippers uh, beating the Bucks in the NBA Finals. And I told Matt this before we got on here, Kirk, but I'm I'm kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of picking the Clippers over the Bucks for for selfish reasons because before uh, the Raptors closed out the Warriors in this past year's finals, I, I tweeted out something like, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he could really start to cement his legacy as one of the greatest players of all time if he le- if he wins a championship, beats the Warriors, ends their dynasty, goes to a team like the Clippers, and then wins a title for them the very next year. And... We're getting closer to that that prediction coming true, so I I, I would really like to see that <laughs> come to pass. Matt, what what are your predictions? Um, I'll start with the East. Uh, I've got the Bucks, and um, I've actually got a little bit of a dark horse um, with the the Indiana Pacers. Um, nice pl- pl- playing the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks are going to destroy them, but. <laughs> um, I, I do think the Pacers are going to get there. You know, Oladipo's coming back. They added Brogdon. Miles um, Turner, I think, is going to get better. Um, you know, I, I know they lost Boyan Bogdanovich, but you know, I, they're still a really dangerous team, and the East isn't isn't great. Um, I don't think the whole Al Horford um, twin tower thing in, in Philadelphia is going to work, and that that they don't really have any shooting. So, um, you know, I, I think the Pacers are going to slip past them, and but the, the Bucks are going to make it into the finals. And then in the West, I've got the Clippers and the Jazz. Um, and I think it's going to be a really tough series because I really like what the, what the Jazz have put together. Um, Ingles and Bogdanovich on the outside is going to be a nightmare, and Mike Connolly is going to be able to stabilize the, the backcourt there with uh, – Donovan Mitchell, I think all those all those guys around Mitchell is going to make him, you know, a, a more efficient player. I at least, you know, I hope because he has so much talent. Um, and uh, I, I hate saying that I want that the Clippers are going to get in because it's just it seems like the trendy thing to say, but they're they're just so good even without Paul George. Yeah. Um, they're they've got so many good players. <laughs> you know, they're they're they were a they've nightmare got, they, last year yeah. without without. Paul George on the roster and then they had Kawhi and you know it's just it they're gonna they're gonna absolutely bully people yeah they go and, 10 deep and that's a, that's an that's an extremely good roster I don't see defensively they're they're probably gonna be the best defensive team in the league for sure and I I just 
I don't know. I, I can see them winning probably like 60, 65 games, depending on how many games Kawhi and Paul George uh, end up playing throughout the regular yeah. season. But, yeah, and I, I, I'm really high on them. I don't think they're going to get the one seed because I think it's going to take a little while for things to come together for them. Uh, I think they'll probably end up being a, a maybe a three seed or a four seed. But by the time they get to the playoffs, I think they'll have everything figured out and, um, you know, they'll – They'll make their way through, but I do think the Bucks are going to beat them. I think this is their year. Um, yeah, and Giannis <clears throat> just is the Terminator, and that's you know he's going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> and look, that we're going to close this thing out. But before we do, let me just say that I'm very proud of both of you guys for not even mentioning the Lakers. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page here that the Lakers just just aren't as good as what they're being I mean they're good with LeBron and AD but I don't think I don't think they make it to the Western Conference Finals well, I don't think so either they're they're like you are or closer than 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 Matt and I just due to your your location but I've seen enough Anthony Davis over the years you know I did a look I have an article coming out next week just just about how the the Pelicans are basically primed to be the Mavericks chief rival the next you know several years just to the way the timelines the two teams work up and the over the course of time that the Pelicans had Anthony Davis, the Mavericks won more games, and the Mavericks weren't really that good between yeah. 2012 and now. I just he is an incredible individual talent that doesn't seem to translate to wins for whatever reason. And you know maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's just the way the games played. And then you pair that with the fact that he just he misses minutes every game due to something. He's a thinner guy. And those sorts of things really can work against him. And I just, I don't know how he's supposed to, to work, you know, and, and be better with these sorts of things. So, yeah. so that's, I, I think they, they might end up, they're, they're probably gonna make the playoffs. They're super good, but I, I think I, I'd be hitting their under if I were a better. Well, yeah. And, and not only that, but the, they don't have a lot of depth. Like they spent all of their money and they, they got, they got Danny Green and, you know, obviously AD, but you know, what else do they have? I just I don't I don't see what they can put together that that challenges for a championship. Yeah, and I mean, look that like like Kirk said, the Mavs had a good record against the the Pelicans, you know, when when he was in New Orleans. I remember I went to a game. I, I think it was two years ago, and I think the Mavs they were playing there on like the second night of a back to back, and they were resting like literally everybody. And it was one of those games where you were thinking, like, okay, they're about to get ran off the floor. And they ended up winning by, like, 25, 26 points, something crazy like that. And it's it's stuff like that that made you think, like, wow, they're <laughs> this team is really underperforming. So I agree with that. Uh, and I also think that Anthony Davis, he has, you know, I honestly think he has more injury concerns at this moment than we have for – uh, KP, uh, I mean, I maybe that maybe I'm going way far out on a limb there, but that's just my thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, I can. I'm glad that none of us are as high on the Lakers as you know all of social media is, all the national media is on them. So thank you guys for for being that way. <laughs> and Kirk, absolutely. And Kirk, look, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, We've had you on before, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Uh, so we really appreciate it. We'll have you on sometime in the near future. Yeah, of course, guys. Love talking to you. 
Alright guys, that's going to do it for another edition of the Step Back of Mavs podcast. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to at R underscore DZ23 on Twitter, uh, Ryan DeJohn. Uh, he won our Step Back opening night tickets giveaway this week. And we hope he enjoys himself at that game, uh, courtesy of the Step Back. And look guys, if you want to have a chance of winning... A couple more tickets later this season. If you go to the Step Back of Mavs podcast on YouTube and subscribe to our channel there, uh, you will automatically be entered into a chance to win a couple of tickets to the game of your choice. Um, and the reason we're doing it this way, the sooner we get to a thousand subs, uh, you know, you'll have more games you can choose from, obviously. Uh, so the sooner we get there, the better for the, the people who could possibly win. And also when we get to a thousand subs, we can start doing some YouTube live stuff and, uh, be sure to go hit that subscribe button. And obviously, uh, be sure to like and subscribe on all your other favorite podcast platforms and, uh, leave us a review if you wish. Matt, anything else? Yeah. You know, if, if you guys have any other kind of, uh, content that you want us to, you know, give a shot or try out for you guys um just just let us know send us a dm on on uh the step back twitter account it's just uh at step back mavs and um yeah i mean we want to try and do some new and different things and um youtube is just one of those avenues so just let us know if there's anything else you want us to try um fish and fish and i are going to start doing some uh some post game videos for you guys um things like that but uh, any other ideas are always a big help yeah, yeah, we haven't done a, a listener Q&A in a while, Matt, so we definitely need to kind of promote that and do that pretty soon, maybe before the season starts. Yeah, but we've, we've got very special guests in the next two weeks, um, but probably sometime after that. Yeah, yeah, you guys are going to be uh, you guys are going to be happy with our next two guests. I'll just put it that way. But uh, again, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us. We appreciate our buddy Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball dropping in and talking with us for a while. Uh, but yeah. Guys, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Mavs and the Bucks. At, uh, they play at American Airlines Center tomorrow, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Uh, a lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mavs 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments, man, it got I'm emotional. I had to whip up the potion, I ain't need with the boasting. I was just broken, way down to my lowest. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.